Good morning. This morning's reading is from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. I'm Tim Householder, one of the pastors here at Hallelujah. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. How, uh, those kids, how about the kids, huh? Uh, yeah, when they were doing the, um, yeah, right? How many of you wanted to do that with them, right? You wanted to do that. And how many of you, like me, went, ooh, I think that would hurt if I did that. That would probably pull something there, probably. We're in a series, uh, week two of five, called The Ten Commandments. How many, anyone ever heard of The Ten Commandments? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of The Ten Commandments. I've heard of The Ten Commandments. You probably have too. And so we're going to launch into that series. But just by way of introduction in, uh, into the series, particularly if you weren't here last weekend with us, uh, we're in the season what's called Lent in the, in the Christian church. Uh, it's a 40-day, it's a five-week season between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. Now, there's more than 40 days in there, but uh, Sundays aren't counted in the 40 days because Christians have always had the tradition that every Sunday is a little Easter, so we count 40 days from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday. You can look it up. It's true. And the word Lent comes from a Latin word, which means to lengthen, so you can actually hear Lent, lengthen, in that, spring is coming. Can I get an amen for that? Spring is coming. Anyone uh, excited that the days are getting longer? Say amen. Amen to that. And uh, it's a great season. It's a time of um, self-reflection, a time where we want to draw ourselves closer to God. This series is hoping that we can do that by understanding better what the Ten Commandments are and what they mean. It's one thing to know what the Ten Commandments are. It's another to actually know what they mean and how we can actually apply them to our lives. Uh, God uh, gave us these, and so we're going to get into that. But it's not just the season of Lent. I've noticed, based basically on the glazed look in people's eyes the last couple of weeks, uh, who's been in the season of the Olympics, right? Who, uh, who is up at 12.30 cheering on uh, half-pipe skier? I mean, it's crazy. Uh, and it's Pyeongchang. It's so fun to say. And I don't know if I'm saying it right, but Pyeongchang. Let's just say that together. Pyeongchang. It's so fun to say that. One more time. Pyeongchang. I think people just want to say it. It's like salsa. You just want to say salsa. So Pyeongchang 2018. That's exciting. It's the Winter Olympics. I am ramped up for this. Um, and it's been exciting. Closing ceremonies tonight. And it's going to be great to, to kind of watch that. And I call the Olympic Games, I call the Winter Olympic Games the Norwegian Games Invitational. That's really what it is. Because as a quarter Norwegian, I'm sort of excited about that. Because all the other countries, really, we're just trying for second place, really, in the medal count. I mean, the, this is really just kind of for Norwegians. And then we all get to kind of celebrate some stories. And we've had some great stories in this season of the Olympics. The first one I'll uh, bring up with you is Sean White. Sean White, you know, that we brought the X Games now to the Olympics, so that's cool. I'm down with that. You know, dude, it's cool. And uh, here we are. Uh, four-time Olympian, 
and uh, back on the gold medal stand for snowboarding in the half pipe. That was so cool. Anyone see him do it? Did anyone see him do it? See, I'm not just watching alone. Uh, down in the corner here, we have the women's Olympic team. Now, this is funny. I was cheering this on, watching the whole thing. Um, I like hockey, so I was excited. We had another chance to be Canada, uh, and maybe we'd win this year. And I'm up, and they go to overtime. It's exciting. They go to a shootout. We win. Wow, that's about the excitement we get. We win. And then I look at the clock on the uh, cable box, and it says 136. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pay for this. Anyone else stay up and watch that? Uh, just me? Okay, a couple people did. Good. All right, up in the corner, uh, Jesse Diggins. If, you've seen, if you see one clip in the Olympics, uh, this is the tandem cross-country race, and she took the second part, and she was not near leading this. I mean, she was close. And then as it came down the stretch, I mean, just the energy and effort, and you see how it ended. And she beat the Swede. And the quarter Swede in me was, you know, kind of, oh, I felt that one. But wow. And so who saw this? Who's seen this clip? Yeah, you've got to go home and Google Jesse Diggins cross-country skiing. You won't believe this clip. It'll give you abs- it will literally give you chills. It's so good. And then the last one. The Nigerian women's bobsled team. Unbelievable. First African bobsled team ever at the Olympics. They didn't come close to the podium, but who cares? They were such champions. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, they're in, de- they're in deadly heat in Africa, practicing on a track, like a, a track track, where you run on a makeshift wooden thing put together with wheels, trying to figure out this bobsled thing. And then they came, and what a, what a thrill for them to be a part of the Olympics. But here's the deal, and here's the connection today. There are rules. There are rules for the Olympic Games. Every game has rules. I don't know all the rules of all the things I'm watching. When I'm watching the biathlon, I'm not quite brushed up on all the rules and how it all works, but there are rules, and we compete. The athletes compete by the rules, and they have to compete within the boundaries. Now, there are two Russian athletes and maybe others in the Olympic Games who... um, got, uh, well, they failed their, their test, their drug testing, so they were doping, as we say uh, in our culture. And the sad thing is, the, the, the athlete on the right had a sweatshirt on on a YouTube uh, campaign, that, and it says, I don't do doping. But she failed her drug test, and she was uh, eliminated from competing. Um, now, the guy on the left, is anyone else troubled that a curler was doping? Is it just me, or does that strike you as a little odd? Well, you know, when I go down, to, I really need to, I don't know. It's just, I love curling. Who's, who's watched curling? And we got our first gold, right? A little troubling. But there are rules, and when we break the rules, there are consequences. Now, there's no word about what, uh, who either of these two people voted for in our last presidential election, but I'm sure, anyway. Oh, come on, I couldn't resist that one. That was right there. But there are rules. There are rules for uh, the games and there are rules for competing. And in the game of life, God has given us rules. The Ten Commandments were given to us by God out of his covenant relationship with us to give us guidelines grounded in his love for us so that we could live a certain way, so that we could live by these commandments. As a billboard said so well once, 
These aren't the ten suggestions. These are the ten what? Commandments from a God who created us and gave us this guideline for living. When Kathy and I were engaged and we went for our premarital counseling with a pastor, uh, she said to us, she said, um, she said, I want you guys now between this session and the next session to go home and I want you to come back next time with a list of all the rules, of all the things that will not be allowed in your marriage as husband and wife. And I, we did it and it was a really cool exercise. We got it down to like four or five things. And uh, to this day, 23 years plus and counting into our marriage, we still remember each of them and we still live by them. And we still remind each other of them. Uh, one of us will say to the other, you know, that's one of our rules. And I'll go, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we have these guidelines in our, in, in the vows that we've made in this covenant relationship as husband and wife. And in the same way, God has given us commandments, rules, to live by, and a lot of them are things that are not, should not be allowed in our lives because when we break these commandments, there are consequences and inevitably people get hurt. And so that's why we're in this series in the season of Lent. We want to grow closer to God. We want to know the commandments. We want to know what they mean for our lives. One of my first encounters with the Ten Commandments was the movie The Ten Commandments by Cecil DeMille in the 50s. Has anyone seen part of this movie ever? All right, raise your hand. It's on usually once a year on network television. It's Charlton Heston who really was Moses. I mean, he really is Moses. And uh, let my people go. You know, and there have been other movies about ex the Exodus story. There was Exodus, Gods and Kings with Christian Bale who played uh, Moses. And I kept waiting for him to go to Pharaoh and say, I'm Moses. Batman fans? No? Can I get a... That was a, that was a good... That was my Batman impression, in case you're wondering. But anyway, there's the Prince of Egypt, the cartoon from Disney, the musical. There is a musical in two, from 2006 when, with Val Kilmer as Moses. Anyone line up for tickets for that? This is a powerful story of how God led his people out of slavery in Egypt. The Israelites led them out of slavery in Egypt, led by Moses and crossed the Red Sea, and when they camped uh, by Mount Sinai, God gave Moses on two tablets the Ten Commandments. Moses brought them to the people, and in the covenant relationship, they are guidelines for our lives. Now, if you have three hours and 40 minutes, you can watch this movie. But and as a side note, it was the seventh most popular movie of all time based on uh, inflation rates and box office uh, ticket sales versus the cost. So seventh most successful movie of all time. It's worth watching. But isn't it interesting in a three hours and 40 minutes of movie telling the whole story from Moses as a baby to the very end of, of the Exodus story, there's just this one little part in there about where God gives the Ten Commandments. But the whole movie's called what? The Ten Commandments, because it's that important. It's that important. Uh, Exodus 20, uh, back in the Old Testament, where this story is, and it's the second book in the Old Testament of the Bible, the 39 books of, uh, that make up the Old Testament. The second book is the story of Exodus and Moses and the Ten Commandments. And I would encourage you to go home and read this, because we've all seen movies. And a lot of the movies don't follow this story quite exactly the way it went. 
They, have a lot, they take a lot of liberties in their movies. You know, that's how a book of Exodus turns into three hours and 40 minutes. There's a lot of things not in here that have been added. And if you saw Exodus, Gods, and Kings, well, well I can talk you through all the things that really weren't biblical in there, but that's a whole other sermon. 28. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreign residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So the third commandment we're looking at first today is remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Say that with me. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. How many of you have used the word Sabbath in a sentence in the last three months in your life? You're at work on a break. Hey, Jim, have you been keeping Sabbath? No, Bob, how about you? How have you enjoyed Sabbath? It's not a word we throw around a lot anymore, but it's a word we need to reclaim and remember what it means. Sabbath is a Hebrew word, Shabbat. So everyone want to say that? Shabbat. It's a fun word to say. Do it again. Shabbat. Sabbath. Literally means cease. Stop. Rest. And it also has come to mean worship. Sabbath. Cease. Stop. Rest. Worship. Remember the Sabbath day. The seventh day, according to our text. We know our calendar. Starts with Sunday. The seventh day is then Saturday, right? Yeah. Saturday. So Saturday is the seventh day. And so now, wait a minute. We go, wait, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I think I worked yesterday. Yeah, I went into the office on Saturday. Oh no, I broke the commandment. Are we bound by this Jewish law? The Jewish understanding of the Sabbath was Friday night at sundown to Saturday night at sundown. They could not do any work. They could not do any labor. They had laws, very strict laws about what they could and couldn't do, what was considered work and was not. They had to prepare their food before sundown Friday because you couldn't cook or bake anything on the Sabbath because then you'd be working and you'd be breaking the Sabbath. How many of you made something to eat yesterday? Uh-oh. But, but, the Christian community, the Christian tradition is not so much about the day. It's not so much about the day as it is as much about keeping Sabbath time in our lives, having Sabbath time, having a time to stop from our labor, having a time to rest. God put us together. He wired us in a way to know that we could work six days, but we needed a day to rest. Where do I find myself thinking about this the most? Usually on a Sunday evening after a two-day sports tournament with one of my kids. You've got the late wave. It's 8, 9 o'clock. You've been there two days. You worked all week. And now you're wrapping up. Because paying thousands of dollars for the next pro athlete is worth it. And I look around, and I seriously do this, and I know I'm a pastor, so I understand. I, I, I probably live in a sort of a different realm there. But I, I look around, and I'm in there, and I'm thinking this, and I think there's no people that need Sabbath time more than everyone in this place right now. 
because we are running the race and we are not finding Sabbath time. To go five days straight, six days straight, working and then chasing our kids around and doing it all and then starting up again on Monday and then doing it all again and starting up. Where's the Sabbath? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. In Christian circles, it's not about the actual Sabbath day. It's about Sabbath time. When did it turn to Sundays? Why are we worshiping on a Sunday morning as a Christian church? If Sabbath is Saturday, why aren't we worshiping Saturday? Well, we do have a Saturday service at 5 o'clock. But, but the Christian moved the, 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 the worship time to Sundays often because Easter took place on a Sunday morning. Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. So if anyone ever asks you, why do you worship on Sunday morning? Isn't the Sabbath Saturday? You say, well, the Christian tradition since the first and second century has been to worship on Sunday because that's when Jesus rose from the dead and that shifted the time to gather as God's people and to break bread and to have communion and to share a word and to sing songs. And that's where the tradition began on Sundays. Martin Luther wrote a handbook to be used in the homes. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. What does this mean? Well, he started out his definition. He said, We are to fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching or God's word, but instead keep that word holy and gladly hear and learn it. Where is his focus on what Sabbath is? Let's take a look. God's word. Luther, in his meaning of what this commandment means, shifted it to be about hungering for the word of God. To want God's word, to want God's will on a, on a weekly basis in our lives. The reason we come to church is not to check off, I made it to church box, but to come and hear the word and to sing the word in our songs and to hear the word in the scripture and to receive the word in our sacraments of communion and baptism and, and to be in the word as, as worshipers. That's what it's about. That's what Sabbath time is about. And when we find ourselves drifting from God or our relationship with God, it's because we haven't found Sabbath. So I just want to encourage you all this morning to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy because if you really just hit the pause button and step back, you go, yeah, I need that. I need that. I need to worship. And parents, I want to encourage you to keep bringing the kids. Bring the kids because God says through the prophet Isaiah, my word will not return to me empty. It does what I want it to do when I send it out. And we bring our kids, and I sometimes think about teenagers, and they give it, I don't want to go. Church is so boring. Why do I have to go? And I want to encourage you to bring them. Bring the household. Bring them. I don't want to go to church. Oh, okay. We'll see you afterwards. You play your video game. I don't want my kids to be turned off by church, so I'm just going to let them do their own thing. Guess what? They're already turned off. If that's where they're at, they're already turned off. Well, I want them to kind of find... Really? Let's think about that. Let's just unpack that just a little bit. Uh, Mom and Dad, I don't want to go to the dentist anymore because I hate the dentist. I just can't stand going to the dentist. Okay. We'll just let your teeth go. Whatever. I don't want to go to school tomorrow or the next day <laughs> or ever again. Okay. I don't want to turn you off from school, after all. I mean, find your own path there. I don't want to go to my annual physical. I don't like that. You get shots, do stuff like a blood pressure thing. 
I always think it's going to keep going, <laughs> never stop. Okay, you don't have to go to the doctor anymore. You can discover your own health path. I don't want to go to church. It's boring. I don't get anything out of it. Okay, whatever. Find your own way. And then we come back to the commandment from God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Find your Sabbath time. Hunger for God's word. It does not return to him empty. Parents, seeds are being planted in your kids and you don't even know it. Faith is, is, is maybe sprouting and growing and you don't even see it. And the proverb says, raise a child in the way they should go and when they're old, they'll return to it. And we trust that. And so that's why without apology here, your pastors and your staff will keep encouraging you and encouraging you to bring your household to worship. In the busyness of life, in the craziness of our activities on the weekends, make it a priority. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. It's not a wrist slap from Pastor Tim today. It's a word of encouragement. It's a word of encouragement. It's a word of encouragement. We have an 11.30 service. If your kids aren't here, you can bring them back. Let's finish up quickly with the fourth commandment. Exodus 20, completely shifting gears now. Um, 20.12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The Hebrew uh, for this. Let's put that on the screen. It reads right to left. Hebrew reads right to left. They were working with their strong hand with a hammer type device and a chisel. And so they were working on stone and tablets and all, most people were right-handed so it makes sense to go right to left because it's the way your shoulders are made and you're sitting there and you're, if you do it this way it's, you can see how it would be kind of weird to try to go that way. So Hebrew reads right to left. So the word honor, kabed, your father and your mother is a commandment written in Hebrew in the Old Testament. That word is important, though. This could be an aha moment for some of us who know this commandment but have never really understood what honor means. Because what does it mean to honor our parents? What does it mean to honor our parents? What does the Hebrew word mean? Kabet means heavy or weighted. Think about that for a second. That's weird. When I first came across that, I'm like, wait, what is that? What does it have to do with honoring anybody? Heaviness, the weight of something? Here's what it means. It means God's saying, give your parents the weight and the honor and the heaviness that they deserve because they're simply your parents. Honor, weight. There's a weight. There's a heaviness with that position. There's a, there's, a, there's a grandness of it all that kids need to understand and parents need to keep teaching this and kids need to remember this or learn this for the first time. To honor your parents means to do action, to obey, to respect, to honor them. Give them the weight that the parenting position deserves simply because they're your parents. Not because you agree with everything they tell you. Not because you agree with every decision they make on your behalf. Because you will never agree with everything your parents teach you or try to say. But you are to honor that because of the weight, because of the position of them being your parent. Does that make sense? Honor your parents. Honor your parents simply because they are. 
It's a profound understanding of this commandment. Luther unpacked it this way. We're to fear and love God so we neither despise nor anger our parents. Stop, right before it gets to the underlined in the red. Every kid here, 18 and under, is now going to read this with me nice and loud. So if you're 18 and under and you're in this worship space and you can read, here we go. Right under where it says, what does this mean? Are you ready? And I want to hear you. It's going to feel good, kids. Trust me. Here we go. We are to fear and love God so that we neither despise nor anger our parents. One more time, kids. We are to fear and love God so that we neither despise nor anger our parents. That's what it means to honor them. Your goal is not to wake up every morning and say, how can I make my mom and dad mad at me today? Because I'm mad at them. That's not honoring. Honor them. Your goal, to, to honor them is to not despise or anger them simply because of the weight that is on their position as your parent. And now here's where I underlined it because it's important. And others in authority. Everyone read that with me. And others in authority. That's for the big kids in all of us, too. I think we've lost this. I'm going to take a half step up on a soapbox right now. Our culture's lost this. I was a pastor, a young pastor. I went on my first retreat with kids from my church. I told a kid not to do something on the retreat. He looked at me and went, you're not my father. I referenced him to Luther's meaning of this commandment all others in authority. And it wasn't just him. It kept going in, in, in different ways. And it kept going and it kept going. And I hear how kids talk to teachers today. And I, I hear how we, we treat others in places of authority. And, and I'm, I'm thinking now, practically speaking, about teachers and our bosses and police officers and firemen and, and um, people who are in these places of authority in our lives. And we've lost that. They deserve that simply because of the weight of their calling in that position. This is a great commandment, folks, to honor your parents. And as big kids with parents who are still living, this is about honoring them. And some of those relationships may be broken or, or estranged or stretched. But this isn't a commandment about feelings. Do you notice this commandment? God didn't say, love your father and your mother. That just happens in the relationship because of the relationship. It's not about feelings. Honoring your parents is about action. And that's what we do. Ephesians 6 reminds us this is the only commandment with a promise. And it's a two-way street because Ephesians 6 reminds us that we are to raise our kids in the faith. So perhaps the goal of these two commandments, keeping the Sabbath holy and honoring our parents are connected in some way because really, might it be about that we're to be households, whether that's one, two, or seven, or eight, that remember the Sabbath together and honor and respect each other the way God intended it? Can we pray? God, thank you for your Ten Commandments. Thank you for your guidelines grounded in your love for us. Lord, help us to reclaim Sabbath time in our lives. 
to worship you, to rest, to recharge. And Lord, help us to remember the commandment to honor our parents and all those in authority. This is a commandment for all of us. We pray these things in Jesus' name and we all sit together. Amen.